0: Talk radio. Yes, talk radio. It's so boring, man. Okay. Back comes Thomas. Thomas with Carlson cutting. Here's Ozalinch in. Ozalinch center. Chat. Oh, my God. Up a Hockey Podcast. Hey, man. Hey, man. I am Bruce Battaglia of, uh, of Laced Up a Hockey Podcast. Uh, we got to start using that more. That's, I don't have much else, really. I mean, like We'll see oh, what happens in the, uh, in the walleye pool. Maybe if you win, Ooh, if true, you win maybe. Twitterer of the year, then Twitterer. You, can, you can keep your Twittery of Twitter. Yeah, But uh, I, James Cole, am only mostly known for this podcast, so... That's I don't know. That's sounded depressing, as I said it. <laughs> but maybe maybe it's not. I don't know. You're you're okay on Twitter, thanks. Quality over quantity. Yeah.
1: Not, not a lot of a, material out there. Free point. You
0: got a lot of accounts though. That's <laughs> maybe <laughs> what that's man. That's maybe, not not burner. That's, that's not maybe burner something accounts. that uh, our listeners don't know about yet is yeah. your multiple accounts. Like I'm waiting for Eugene Melnick to just message me. Hey, can you run one of my accounts? No. Yeah. No. Uh, you're uh you're headed to Minnesota? the uh, Balmy Metropolis. Ooh boy. Yeah. The Twin Cities. Yeah. Minnie and Paul. As the twins like to point I don't know. Uh yeah. Um, Minnie and Paul. Yeah, they got a big thing at the the twins stadium down there. It's like the two anima, like animated characters shaking hands, one like one guy's named Minnie, one guy's named Paul. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Minnesota. I know you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I think that has something to do with uh, why you're not such a big fan of, of John. I don't you know, really it's, care for John. It's a little bit of a connection that there. Not much. No. John's fine. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm off. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to uh, Minneapolis. I'm going to be reporting live for Laced Up a Hockey podcast at the <laughs> Interviewing game. people from Thunder Bay that you yeah. could just interview in town. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll try to get a, a one-on-one with local uh, phenom uh, Eric Stahl. Sure, man. If you want to bring one of the mics down, go right ahead. Ah, we, have a, we we do have a guest on the podcast. It'd be funny if we had, like, three guests next week, because we haven't had one in, like, a month. Yeah. I do have one lined up, but if you want to get a couple more, you go right ahead. Episode, it'll just be a guest episode. Episode 12. <laughs> <It'll> <laughs> blah, 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 featuring blah, 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 blah. It'll just be, uh... It'll be like a talk show. Nice. It'll be like Strombolopolis, except okay. we'll be we'll be good at talking about hockey. If we edit it right, we could just like like oh we're gonna have Eric Eric Stahl call into the podcast now and then just, just choppy, you know, segue our way into that.
1: Yeah, It'll I could get a, a bunch
0: of sound bites of Eric Stahl's past and I could just edit it in. Nice. You know? Nice. It could be not even an interview. I like guess like scene from I the show. He also that. hears Laurie hitting on him but he just cut the whole thing up in his head. (laughs) That is a good one. Yeah. That is good. So, yeah, you're going to check out the game. Yeah, should be good. And Austin Matthews is back with an exclamation point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we should mention. um, (laughs) uh, We normally record this on Wednesday night. And uh, we did record this on Wednesday night. And now we are recording this on Thursday night. Because something went wrong when we recorded on Wednesday night and the audio was no good. So we are re-recording for the sake of you people. Uh, not you people, but No one. The people. Would for, it's for it's for the people. The people I wonder how many people would have picked up that we were doing this Thursday night as opposed to Wednesday night if we didn't like bring it forward. Like if, if I just snuck that one Austin Matthews' back reference and nothing else. Like would anyone even know? I was born with a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, so Austin Matthews came back last night looking good. <laughs> Look <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> So I have to say this. I don't know if I've actually said this on the podcast. I've told you this before, but for what it's worth, like you know, obviously we are Leaf fans. No, and I, I was a, you know, I like what I had seen of Austin Matthews prior to the Leafs drafting him, um, and I knew he was going to be good. He, I actually had a package to the Bern Switzerland League. Um, I watched uh, his entire uh, 2015 2016 yeah. season as a 17 year old. How much of that cost you? About thirty thousand euros. <laughs> No, it's actually if you, if you, if you donate like ten dollars to the Red Cross, you, you can't <laughs> get like it a, for free. It's a, it's a canned food drive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bring, your, bring your perishables. You can watch Burns Switzerland play all yeah, of their games. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but I, uh, I, I'm, I'm shocked at how good he's become. Shocked. Like he, he is fucking really good at hockey, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I don't know if you like. There was that he, he scored a couple goals last night, but that, that first assist where he, he threw it back to Tavares, he he could have he scored. That was my favorite goal of the season so scored. far. Riley had it, and I saw Riley look at Marner, and he gave it to Marner, and I saw Marner put his head up, and I immediately said, they're going to score. <laughs> and he passed it, passed it. Yeah. And I was watching with my mom. My mom starts laughing because I just called it right away, and I started laughing because the goal was so gross. It was great. It's fair. Patty yeah. Marlow now uh, a goal against all thirty-one teams. Yeah, that's it's pretty cool. cool. I guess he's the only person that can say that. Really. He's also he's right. also the only person. No, no. Joe Thornton, I guess. Oh, uh, well, current, like active. Yeah. Well, no one could. No one yeah. formerly could say thirty-one teams though either. Yeah. It's only been thirty-one teams for a year. Oh, Did anyone retire last year? No one can so. say thirty-one. I guess so. Oh, I'm right, sure. Right. I'm sure most people have. Most people have played like four hundred games, have a goal against every team. Speaking but, of that, Patty Marlow became the first player to have a game-winning goal. Against thirty teams, mm. so that yeah, also impressive. So who hasn't scored a game winner against San Jose? Vegas. Vegas. Hmm? Vegas. He scored the winner last night against San Jose. Oh, it was the winner? Yeah, I didn't. He, watch he doesn't. Game. He doesn't. <laughs> just kidding. He doesn't have a winner against Vegas. He scored against Vegas. It wasn't the oh, winner okay. Yeah, well, so, good for Patrick yeah. Marleau. Good set, guy setting benchmarks at thirty-eight. You know? Yeah, he's thirty-eight years old. Never kissed the cup. So true. And I also, uh, you know, it's worth noting I was also out of town. Yeah, well, last yeah, where, where that's did, why we recorded early. Where did you go? I went to Fort Francis. Tell me, we didn't talk about this last night at all. We did. It was a good bit. That's why I'm forcing <laughs> it again. <laughs> we, uh, where did you go, Brutes? It was a, uh, it was a hockey tournament, right? So we went, uh, we went uh, to Flint House, which is a uh, restaurant. In downtown Fort Francis. And by downtown, I mean it's on that one street with all the lamp posts. Next it actually to the looks McDonald's. Pretty, it's pretty nice. It you looks know. nice. Do they have a McDonald's? They I do. didn't see one when do. we were there. Well, we didn't go they, that far. It was bit spent a while since I was, I was there. So we stayed down the street from the rink, like maybe three blocks. And then Flint House was a block down from that. And then aside from going to the liquor store and Boston Pizza on the Friday, we didn't really venture outside that three block area. So, uh, Three blocks. yeah, it's two more than I thought they had. It's actually not a bad little town. It's I don't a, hate it. It's okay. it's okay. It's okay. I got food poisoning there once. So I've just been resentful. Really? Ever, so yeah. Where, where it wasn't Flint house. Cause Flint house 'cause no. Flint not open yet. Established it, in 2015, Flint House is this week's sponsor. Based <laughs> of- oh, it's actually that. kind of a funny little story, because so my, like, my dad and I would go up for pizza. That's a funny story. At the Pizza Hut. I got food poisoning. It's <laughs> yeah. actually a you know, well, it, story. For me, it's kind of funny. The rest of the team, not so much. But, yeah, so... Oh, didn't the whole team get it? Kind of. Kind of, Was yeah. I with you that year? I, no. I don't, I don't think I was. So, we already had a kid that was kicked out of the tournament. Uh, he, nice. tried, he, tried, he tried to kick a kid. Pee-wee. And, uh, and they kicked him out. Um, so... We, we make the semifinals on Sunday. Saturday night, my dad and I, would go out for pizza at Pizza Hut, not knowing that the team was ordering pizza from Pizza Hut to the hotel. So we get there about an hour before this all takes place, and we eat, and we leave. Then we get back to the hotel. And about, you know, half hour, hour later, the team gets these pizzas. And, of course, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm okay. Like, you know, I just, just ate all this pizza, and I don't need more. Go to bed, wake up the next morning. I'm... Not a hundred percent, but my teammates are bedridden with some sort of flu. I will add that two other teams from Thunder Bay also got the same food poisoning from the same pizza at this Pizza Hut. They reinstated the kid that got kicked out from the first game for the tournament because we didn't have enough kids to ice a team. Our goalie was coming to the bench between every whistle, just hurling into a bucket. Um... We lost four um, three. Yeah. yeah, the other coach said we would have uh, we would have won the championship if uh, if we had a whole whole roster. And uh, and uh, I've never been back. So what could have been? Eh. Fuck you, four. F- where where would you be today if it weren't for that food poisoning? You yeah, know? I could have been an Sijhl <coughs> champion. True. Yeah. Yeah. At best. And we. Uh, yeah. At, at best we've had an SI JHL champion on the show before I think phase one won here won one I think so yeah I think so well they won every year the SI I'm trying to think if they won the deadly Hewitt like the national they went to the finals I remember that I remember they definitely they did but I can't remember if they won no it doesn't matter Cody was probably scratched so fuck him nice um I wanted to say to start off well I mean you already know I already told you this yesterday but I I was right Buffalo is good maybe. You're not buying it, eh? No. <laughs> I thought you were buying it last night, but all right, carry on. I don't know, like, they're, they're doing well. They look great. They're doing much better, but I don't know, like, there's some underlying numbers that maybe one thing get excited about. One yet. thing I will say, two things I'll say. The first is that, first off, the Flyers, it seemed like, used to go on a fucking 9-10 ten, ten game winning streak every year and make the playoffs by one point and lose to the Capitals every fucking season in the first round. So there's that. Possibly Buffalo is the new Flyers because the Flyers are the new Buffalo because they suck, and we'll get to that later. And um, the second thing I will say is that uh, although he does score goals, that uh, Rasmus Ristolainen is not very good defensively. No, and that's an understatement. So <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. This this is a team with a lot of guys that have had a lot of historical. Injury-plagued seasons. I'm. I'm not saying that I, I wish them to get hurt, uh, but I, I just I feel like it's coming at some point. Someone's gonna go down, um, and then I, I'm. I'm curious if, if Buffalo can just keep it going or not. You know, like as soon as the little bit of friction starts to ramp up, is it gonna slow them down to the point where it takes them back to reality, uh, or worse? But the good news is, is, that they, you know, what they are doing good now. They banked probably enough points that they're safe come April. Like, I, it would take a really monstrous collapse at this point, I think, for them to to miss out even on a wild card. Like, if, even if they slip to a wild card, I think, I think that's still within reason. But nothing to panic about either. So I don't know. I, I don't think they're an uh, undefeatable team juggernaut that's going to roll no. over everyone. No. In the league or anything oh, like no. that, like they're first place in the NHL right now. I don't think they're a first place Presidents Trophy no. they're they're uh, definitely a pleasant surprise. Uh, they're this season's Colorado, more or less. I think sure. um, this season's Colorado. You know, um, but yeah, they're they're mostly going to be the pleasant surprise in the league, and and arguably Minnesota might be the other one um, where everyone thought. They were about to take a step back. They're they're looking pretty good and we will talk about that later as well. Um, I don't know. I, I I think that I mean, I thought going into the season, I made it clear with my season prediction that I thought it was all there. It was just a matter of putting it on the ice, and I think now that they've uh, they've started to put it on the ice. Who's their head coach? Phil Housley? Yeah. Yeah, I don't love that. But other than that, uh, I, I like I mean they got Hutz and net. Hutz is looking good right now. Yeah. Um, you know, Jeffy Skinner, my boy. Skinner? Looking good. Yeah, no, so it's, I, I don't know. It's, I I'm They've put all the pieces together. Again, I'm just worried about when and if Humpty falls off the wall if they can put the pieces Humpty. back together again. Wow. That was quite the Thanks. parable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Montreal has waived Carl Alsner. And spoiler alert, he did clear. No, yes, he cleared. I know. Really? Someone didn't want his thirty million year contract worth a hundred billion magic beans. Do you think the head coach in Laval wants him? <laughs> like, do you think? Do you think he hit waivers, and the coach in Laval is just like, "Yes, come on"? What they, the, the, or the was Laval Rocket? Ro- just Rocket. Rockettes. It's, it's not French. I put two T's and an extra EU, but it still showed up. Their coach is oh former NHL defenseman Joel Bouchard.
1: Uh yeah, no, he, no, way. he, he doesn't. Want him, no,
0: he's a defenseman, he knows what he's uh, yeah. he knows what he wants. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Like yeah, I, don't know. I don't know. It's about time, I guess, like I don't I don't really get why Montreal gave him that contract. First place, I guess you take your chances. He had a little bit of success in Washington at one point in his career. <laughs> he was a solid defenseman. Yeah, um, I liked him when he was yeah, just me too. In the league, no, well, he was a very good defenseman at one point. Um, the issue is that Carl Alsner doesn't offer much, uh, if anything, in the way of offensive stimulation. Um, he offensive stimulation, is offensive like porno. I, I, I threw that word in there to see if you would look back at me. you kind of you're kind of looking at the Jets game there. I was just trying to see if you're paying attention. Yeah, stimulation. Um, he doesn't offer much in the way of. Speed anymore, uh, so he's defenseman that the league is moving away from, and you know they kind of already have a couple of those on the roster. So you know I think they had to make a move there and and free up some some room. They uh, waived one of their immobile defensemen to get back one of their other immobile defensemen. Yeah, but that other guy's the captain. So, True. You know you can't well, waive your captain. Can't can't you? Imagine they waved him before he ever played a game as captain. <laughs> wow, <laughs> no, it's not. He's not that bad. But uh, yeah, I don't know. So it's a it's a fall from grace. The one thing that I was saying I don't understand is that uh, I, I never understood this deal from the get go. It really didn't make any sense to me when he signed this on July 1st of last year. Um, to me, it was immediately something that didn't make sense. And like I talked to you yesterday about is. Um, he talked the day he signed about how he thought Mark Bergevin was just so charming and just so witty, and he was t- get a room. Yeah, he, he was. Yeah, he was on free agent frenzy, like on Facetime, talking to James Duffy, basically talking about his new boyfriend, uh, Mark Bergevin, and it didn't work out. Shocker, shocker. Yeah, yeah. color, color me shocked, as they say. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is one we didn't get to talk about yesterday because this happened today. Scott Darling is uh, has been put on waivers by the Carolina Hurricanes, so they put themselves down to two goaltenders, Peter Mrazek and Curtis McIlhenny. I guess Mac can finally go and get some real pads. Yeah, I'm a little kind of weird that he was kind of hang on the lace gear the yeah, whole time. Yeah, and I'm a little sad that that means he's probably staying in Carolina now. Uh, I mean, I guess the the one thing about even the security factor in Curtis McIlhenny is that. Uh, this is all dependent on, um, you know, somebody claiming Scott Darling, which I don't think anyone will. So Darling's going to stay in their system, and they can recall him at any time. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I guess, sort of good news for Carolina, is that at least if the wheels fall off on Marazic uh, and McElhinney. And if the wheels are falling off, they're probably falling off on Marazic sooner than McElhinney at this point, because he's, he's been just trending down downward for years. Yeah. But, but, uh, McLean is tough. Like I, I never thought he was a goalie that ever deserved to be, you know, buried in the minors. He's probably the best backup goalie that you could get on paper in the league. But you have to have a clear cut number one. Like you have to have a Freddie Anderson, or a John Gibson, or a Sergei Bobrovsky, just someone that can play. You know, like seventy five percent of the games. And then just toss Mac in once in a while. I think Mac does a great job when he's called upon like that. I don't know if he's got it in to be a starter. But when he's playing behind a guy like Mrazek or Darling, who neither of which are what I would call stable or consistent, and he has to go every second or third game. Oh, Sabres just lost. (laughs) (laughs) See, I told you. It's all in the underlying numbers. Not as good as they look. Um, underlying numbers. Fuck, I hate when people say that. Underlying eh, numbers. Eh, oh it's not all apples and oranges, you know. It's, you got to have your pears and peaches and grapes, too. Fuck you and your pears. What I think uh, the Hurricanes should do now to get a bona fide number one goaltender, because it's hard to just find one, uh, you know. Is this an ad segue? <laughs> I was going to try to jokingly do that, but no, uh, what they should do is uh, call Ilya Brizgalov. Why? Because <laughs> he's not doing anything, and I just want him back. In, I just want him back in the league. Why? Welcome to <laughs> Carolina. Are there any bears here? <laughs> Couldn't we just put him on a network? <laughs> yeah, that'd be good too. I don't know. I don't know what the hell they're gonna do. I don't know where they're gonna get a goalie from. Yeah, Uh, there's. I mean, there's not a lot out there. There are goalies that could be made available if you want to take a flyer on Cam Talbot, which kind of already went that route with Scott Darling. Didn't work out. You know, if you want to... Are we getting to a point in the league? Like, we got Vegas now, 31. We got Seattle coming up. It's going to be 32. Is there enough goalie talent in the world to go around? Like, are we kind of spreading ourselves thin here? Goalies are interesting, man, because goalies are the one... Goalies are the one position or the, goal, the, the position that you would watch the most game tape on, I think, and learn bad tendencies on, they're like a pitcher, right? Once yeah. you kind of figure out things that they're not good at, you kind of take advantage of it. And I think that's kind of where the game has come, and basically to answer you, yeah, I do sort of think that maybe we are kind of running low on goalie talent, because like, how many goalies are there that just stand on their head night after night, year after year, and, you know what I mean, very rarely have an off night? Like, Henrik Lundqvist is maybe one of the only people we could throw into that category, and he's on the back nine, that's for sure. He's getting about ready to go sit in the clubhouse and have his drink and look back at the game he played. Kinda, is that a product you know I mean? of today's game, though? Like, like Marty Berger was never really subject to that. Game. No, but, and, well, no, I agree with you. Like, I, I'm just saying, like, I listen, I don't know what is going on with Carey Price. I, I have no idea what's going on there. Uh, but you would have to think he kind of comes back to earth. But even he hasn't really been... Like, let's be honest I think, here. I think, he has, hurt. I think he's I, I think th- he's never been the same. Okay, okay. I, I buy that. I, don't, I, I thought you were going to say it's like a short term. Like, he's hurt right now no, and no. just got hurt. I'm like, well, then explain the other three fucking years before this. No. Like, he hasn't been the same <clears throat> since the Kreider incident. No. He's been good at times. But he hasn't been Carey Price. No. So, yeah, like, I, I do agree with you to a point there, because I don't uh, I don't know if there are any goalies in the league that are quite as dominant as, you know, I mean, we've seen Quick do it, but now Quick is in and out. You know, Halibut did it last year. He's not doing it this year. Um, you know, like, there's, there's plenty of goalie options. Like, who is it? Who is just solid all the time? Nice, Nikolai Ehlers. Hattie. I got a claim in on him for tomorrow. <laughs> I don't think I'm getting him. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. But I don't know what Carolina's going to do. They're they're going to have to find a way to win, win, win with what they've got. Uh, maybe Darling rediscovers his game in the minors, but uh, we kind of are where we are with that one yeah. now. Can we talk about the trade? Yeah, I guess we'll talk about the trade. <laughs> uh, there was a trade. Uh, Dylan Strom and Brendan Perlini were traded from the Arizona Coyotes to the Chicago Blackhawks in return uh, Nick Schmaltz goes to the Arizona Coyotes from Chicago. Thoughts? I uh, don't. It's I don't. I don't think anyone really wins or loses. I, I think Arizona. It's a weird trade to evaluate. I, I think Arizona's, It's all. It's a lot of what ifs. Yeah, right. I think. I think the Coyotes are jumping the gun a little bit on Strom. I do too. Um, I, I, in a way, I do. This guy's, like, he's the same age as Connor McDavid and Eichel and Marner, and you look at, like, where he was drafted, and you're, are you trying to compare him to those guys? Because you shouldn't. Those are elite talent players, and not all of the players that get drafted uh, are going to be that amazing at their 21, 22-year-old, you know, season. That being said, Strom has been given some opportunities. He hasn't really cashed in on them, whether that's a product of the coaching, or maybe the hot air in the Arizona desert—I don't know what it is. It just—it isn't working. I think it's a good idea to maybe for for Strom. I think it's a good idea for him to maybe have a you know a fresh start somewhere else. I just don't know if the Coyotes are going to be regretting this sooner than later. Uh, and and you're not you're not losing anything by getting Schmaltz, but I just feel like you're kind of trying to rush a process in which you're not prepared to you know face right now like you're acting like as if you got to add the final piece to a you know a, maybe a cup contending team here by bringing in a guy like Schmoltz, but you should be focused on getting the playoffs like if, if, if you're making the playoffs this year good like that's that's a good starting ground like that's 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 a, that's where you should be at as, as the county's not giving up young pieces to try to you know i don't, I don't know it doesn't make sense to me that's that's, that's where i'm getting. Well, Schmaltz gives them something that they weren't going to get from Strom and Perlini, which is, uh, you know, more offensive talent, more speed. They weren't getting a combination of of those two things from either of those guys. Strom's not very fast. He's not very strong. He's not very offensive yet. Uh, Perlini is fast, sort of strong, not offensive. Uh, What you can do with Schmaltz is you can put him on um, the wing with Galchenyuk and Keller I've, I was telling you yesterday, like, I kind of look at Schmaltz as a uh, Panarin light. Like, he doesn't have the talent of Panarin, but he's kind of one of those guys, if you stick him on the right line, he can he can do wonders for it. He never really got to that point in Chicago. It looked like he had that potential. For a little bit there, he's playing with Kane, he's playing with Taves, he's doing those things, and, and but it, he just can never really string it together super consistently. He hit 52 points last year. Um, But for for me, what this is, is I think Arizona got to a point, um, and sometimes players get to this point in organizations, where they kind of looked at Strom, and, you know, they knew he had potential, but they kind of understood that he probably was never going to get to that potential in their organization. Like, they've kind of already pushed some buttons with him, and pushed him to some limits pretty early in his career, uh, that maybe... You know what I mean? Like, they, they've forced him into action since day one. And it didn't work, they send him back. Force him in, doesn't work, send him back. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? tough. They were, even though it's Arizona, they're putting a lot of pressure on that kid. That's not to say that he shouldn't learn how to play without pressure. But they just, they weren't doing it the right way. They weren't developing him. Mm-hmm. They kind of just expected him to be good. They've developed certain aspects of him. But I think they got to a point where they understood that he was going to be nothing more to them than a third line center. And they knew he could be that somewhere else. And they might not even need a third-line center because they have Christian Dvorak signed until the end of eternity. And then they have Barrett Hayton coming up through the minors. So, like, where's Strom going to play? Fourth-line center? You need to keep him around for that. Get a piece for him that you like right now. They like Schmaltz. Uh, Perlini, I think, is, a, is you know, I find it hard to believe they couldn't do that trade one for one. But I guess uh, maybe Chicago was holding on to Schmaltz a little tight there. Mm-hmm. Perlini's not... Stan Bowman's got three cups, bud. You know stand. You, you gotta The sh- stand the man. You gotta respect the man. The was that, Bowman. Man. Was that was that you Sean Connery? No, no, not at all. That kinda sounded like like Connery. No. Uh, I don't like Sean so, That's your Connery. No. Ah. Ah on. Okay. okay. Well, whatever. You might want to work on that. No. Uh the Flyers. Philadelphia Flyers. Here we go. Let's open up this can of worms. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers this week fired uh, Vice President and General Manager Ron Hextall. Uh, they are currently searching for a replacement. They are expected to interview Chuck Fletcher tomorrow morning, or Friday morning, I guess. So this morning, depending on when you're listening to this. Oh, you know, it it was, and it was time for Hextall to go. You know. Yeah, I think they got the wrong name, the Ron, the wrong Hextall. 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 Hackstall. No, they fired the GM, not the coach, James. They fired Hackstall. No, they didn't. Hackstall? Hackstall. Somebody fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, what do you make of this? Because, like, to me, he, he's failed to address the goaltending. I understand that. Um, to a degree. To a degree. He didn't make a great trade moving Braden Shen for... you. For the cocaine man, Yori Lotera, you nah, know, nah. but ultimately, I don't think he did that bad of a job, and I really, really don't understand the timing of this. It doesn't really make any sense to me. I don't, I don't think it's a very good move. He's been doing, um, well, I guess I, I, can't really say he, um, he's the guy that gets up there and says the names of the draft, so in that regard, he's done a really good job of drafting. Yep. Yeah. Maybe it's the scouts. Uh, so, okay, if, if you can do the same job without, you know, with a different guy up there calling the names, that that's one thing. But until someone can prove that to me otherwise, Hextall did a great job of drafting for that organization. He did a lot of good things. Um, you know, he, was, he had a plan, and I, I feel like, you know, maybe the plan was taking a little longer than he maybe he thought, but it's still set up, and it's looking pretty good. And if the one problem with the plan is that none of the 15 goalies that he he brought in to try to give them some stability back there uh, could figure out how to stop a puck, then I don't know if that's on the GM. No, I, I don't think this team, the top six forward group that they have, You know, they have some really, really good forwards up front. They have Gostisper, they have Provorov, which any team in the league right now would kill to have either of those guys. To me, I don't understand how this roster doesn't find a way to be competitive on a regular basis, because to me, there are coaches in the league doing a better job with less. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, Buffalo just won 10 in a row going into tonight, and they lost tonight. Like, Philly might have a better roster than Buffalo. You know what I mean? Philly possibly has a better roster than New Jersey. Has a better roster than the Islanders, for sure. Like, you know what I mean? They have a lot of top-end talent, and yet their fucking coach has them playing dump-and-chase hockey at the National Hockey League level. Like, they get over the line. There's no zone entries there half the time. They chip it in, and they send Wayne Simmons in uh, to hammer guys. Doesn't make any sense. Hang on to the puck. He hasn't heard of Corsi yet. It's 2018. Maybe uh, maybe Paul Holmgren will pick up uh, Scott Darling on waivers. Oh, man. Really? Do you think? No. Do you think? Not a chance. No? They just waved somebody to... Well, they... Elijah, you, they lost Pickard. All right. So... Trade idea. Okay. They should trade... All five of their goalies for Scott Darling. <laughs> it's crazy, but it might work. <laughs> it might work. It's it's Don Waddell in Carolina. There, he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, that's fair. I don't. I don't know. Like they're going to hire Ron Francis, and they're going to immediately trade for Scott Darling. Yeah. the The problem was not the GM in Philadelphia. The problem may not even really necessarily be the coaching. It's it's the goaltending, but. The onus should be on the coaching staff for not getting the goaltending to a point where you can compete under a system that is also competitive. You're right. The dump and chase thing isn't going to work. If you you can skate the puck over and score five goals and allow four, that's fine. You're still winning hockey games. Mm -hmm. If if your goalie is that bad, find a way to put the puck in the net because I can tell you right now, help is not necessarily coming. Stop dumping the puck away. Mm Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't translate into goals. doesn't make a it's lot It's not of 1995 anymore. No. The Florida Panthers are not going to the Stanley Cup Finals on the back of... John Van Biesbrook. And Mike Sillinger? Ed Jovanovsky. Per Gustavson Maybe. Nah, either way. Mellenby? It's not good. Scott Mellenby there? Yeah, I think it was there. Did you say Scott I think Mellenby? I, thinking, no, yeah. I said Sillinger. You said Sillinger. Yeah soundtrack for that roster game yeah'll I'll, I'll, uh I'll let it in an intro circus mm-hmm. <laughs> so I apologize formally that the listeners would waste that podcast uh, okay it was 96 right you went to the final yeah 9596 all right James the 95 96 Florida Panthers so you already got Mellonby. Uh... I think you can give me Van Beesbrook. Van Beesbrook, we you said, said and then, didn't no, no, I'll i say, say it next. Did I say Jovanovski? I don't know, but I'll say Jovanovski. Uh, I don't think he was on the team. I, like, he was on the team, I thought, though, wasn't he? 95 96. I don't see him, though. Really? Well, maybe he wasn't around yet. No, he was drafted first overall in 94. I don't, he's not on this roster. Come on. That's a joke. That's oh, a, there he is, Ed Jovanovski. Jokinowski. Okay, we're good. 19-year-old Ed Jovanovski. So you have Jovanovski, Mellenby, and Van Biesburg. That's all you said, right? Yeah. We're good? Okay. Yeah. So you're at three. Okay. Um, Rob Niedermeyer? Rob Niedermeyer is correct. Second on the team in points was 61. Uh-huh. Yeah. If I was going to give you the over-under on his career high in points, I would not have put it that high. But, dog. That's fair. Got that Niedermeyer. Uh huh. Um. You know, uh, she gets a wee bit tricky after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you already have the goaltender, the top two point getters, yeah, and the number two defenseman. I guess. Maybe not even actually. This is not a terrible blue line to be honest with you. Was Was Sandus Ojolinch on this team? don't think so. In fact, I want to say Ozalynch was on the other side of the series, but Sandus Ozalynch is incorrect. Okay, so you have an opportunity to stay in the game if you can give me <sighs> the head coach. Oh my god. This, is, this was a bad idea. <laughs> this was a terrible idea. Um, um, You'd have a better chance of maybe getting some assistance. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> Was a defensive wizard? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this man is not any sort of wizard. <laughs> Go ahead and guess, though. Uh, I'm going to guess the goaltending coach was Rob Tallis, even though I think Rob Tallis Rob, Rob <laughs> Tallis would have been in the league. <laughs> I'm, I had to check and make sure he wasn't the backup goalie on this fucking team. Uh, no, the head coach was none other, none other than uh, Sportsnet Pride, uh, Doug McLean was the head coach. Uh, uh, the assistant coaches were Dwayne Sutter, Lindy Ruff. The goalie coach was Billy Smith. Uh, in order of points, you missed them. Lee Smith, yeah, with uh, with 57 points in 81 games. Uh, Robert Shvela. Uh, I was gonna guess Shvela. We were also looking for Johan Gärpenlov, uh-huh. Stu Barnes, Strew. Jesse Belanger, Jody Hull, Tom Fitzgerald, Bill Lindsay, Tommy Fitz, Gord Murphy, just recently fired by the Philadelphia Flyers too. Interestingly enough, uh, Brian Scroodland, Dave Lowry, Terry Carkner. My cousin Ray Shepard, uh, Martin Straka, Paul Laws, Rhett Warner, and the backup goalie was Mark Fitzpatrick, whoever that is. First initial goal I ever saw, Tom Fitzgerald. Tom Fitz, eh? Yeah. Wasn't it a 1-0 game? It was, yeah. Good stuff. It. You're going to have fun in that arena this weekend, eh? Lots of goals. You've seen how many games there? Like four? Oh, six? No. Uh, this is my fifth Leaf game there, and I've also seen okay, so games, in, Oilers. In, in five Leafs games, blues, how many goals total have been scored, over or under 10? Combined? Or <laughs> yeah, by the Leafs? Yeah. No, just combined. Is it over 10? Have you seen a game with more than, like, three goals? Hang on. <laughs> what was it last year? 2 nothing. 2 nothing. Wild. First year I went was 1-0 Leafs. I saw a 3 nothing Leaf win. Yeah, I remember that. Wasn't that the and... Nathan Parrott night? No. The fight? No. Nathan Perry was the first year and went the one nothing game. No, uh there was the second last um, second last Randy Carlisle game. Oh god. It was I think Ugh. it was I think it was four two They wild. lost nine nothing or what? No, I think it was four two wild. So Good. over ten. But I'm glad they lost. But barely. Fuck. Twelve. Twelve goals in five games. Randy Carlisle. Four shutouts. So long story short, we're not in on the hexstall no. <laughs> no. I think it's a bad firing. Hackstall. Hextall. Hextall. Ron, Ron Hextall, not Dave Hextall. Oh. First names only. When does Hextall get fired? Next season? Or is it this season? <laughs> Next week. <laughs> Paul Holmgren's not fucking around. Okay, okay, but... It, it, so, but don't you think that part of the tension might have been that Hextall wanted to fire Hextall and maybe the upper management wanted to keep him around? Because, uh, sorry, I gotta say first names. I don't see why Ron Hextall, the general manager... Would have, you know what I mean? Kept Dave Hackstall around unless someone else were telling him to. Here's the thing. And it, it, if it, if it were the other way around, like say Ron Hackstall wanted to keep Dave Hackstall behind the bench, then I think doesn't Paul Holmgren fire Ron Hackstall and Dave Hackstall at the same time? Wow, that was a tongue twister. It, here's, here's the thing. You were right on your first assumption. Ron wanted to fire Dave. Real bad. Okay. okay? Yeah. And the flyers, The fires Brass was saying, no, 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 no. Hold on. We're going to fire you instead. Okay? <laughs> okay? But hear us out. So. Okay? But now here's the thing. Now Paul has to deal with Dave. Holmgren directly. directly. And he's going to realize how fucking bad he is. And he's going to fire him with a fucking... Three hours of meeting this fucking guy. The interesting thing is that uh, Dave Hackstall coached uh, Ron Hextall's son. Yeah, well, in college. Fine, so I I, I, I thought that was a Hextall fire hiring initially. So I kind of I find it weird that Hackstall doesn't follow him out the door. But yeah, maybe you're right. They're gonna learn he's crazy. And yeah, then, uh, exactly. Yeah, you've never been the handler before. Now you're the handler. You don't want to handle this guy. The handler. Yeah, yeah. Is that a Batman villain I didn't know about? No. There's the Riddler, there's the Joker, and then there's the Handler. Who would play the Handler? Tom Selleck, and it would be like his mustache? Ed Helms. Ed Helms. okay. And what does the handler do? He delivers packages. He's a he's a, he's Not a even UPS driver? Not even packages, he delivers um those like beige colored file folders. Just
1: So it's what's
0: beige? Here's your file, and why does he want to kill Batman? Kill the Batman, um, because Batman is revolutionizing the tech world to right. bring Gotham right into the twenty second. Bruce, Bruce Wayne is a right. techie, yeah. and he's getting rid of all the paper, so the handler won't be able to provide it for his family anymore. And you know, he takes matters into his own hands. I think this is going to be the best Batman film yet. Yeah, yeah, um, the handler. I know Stan Lee was. What's Marvel. it called? What's as DC? Who do I have to email? Ooh, no email, one knows. email. No one knows. You're gonna, you're gonna just email. Well, I'm against the handler. I can't mail in a, a, a script. Uh huh. Um, it's the it's William Nylander, week of reckoning. What's with you and your like uh, your? manual sound effects this week <laughs> i don't know i'm on vacation yeah, like, I'm, I, I'm having just, a good time i just told you we had a problem with the sound on the last recording here you are going trying to fuck it around the first episode i gotta put together yeah I'm, i i leave i, I go to town it's my yeah, it's my, yeah, it's it's my burden problem. yeah i gotta fucking work in the morning who's gotta edit it <laughs> that's me um so what what's gonna happen with william Elander? um well i told you last night that he was gonna sign by the time this podcast came out yeah you gonna say it again you so. probably have till the evening tomorrow. I don't know if I'm gonna get this whole thing done tonight. I gotta go to bed at some point. Provided I get you out of my house soon enough, maybe. But yeah, I I, I still think he signs. Um, I did not realize that he had until 5 p.m. Saturday. I, I thought it was yeah. like a midnight thing. Nope. Uh, tomorrow night. Nope. So he'll be in the lineup uh, Saturday night uh, in minutes. <laughs> <laughs> <I> don't. <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine? Would you buy a Neander jersey like while you're down there? I can't You'd buy get that one, one down there. Come on, how would I get one? They don't have a traveling oh, merch market. They do. It's the Leafs. They're everywhere. Tell you what, I'll you order could... one online if, if I if I can swing it. If he plays, boy, am I glad I didn't buy a Neander jersey this summer. Should I bring my shirt jersey with me? Should I wear it to the mall like oh, on Saturday? Oh, you should. Fucking wear it around, yeah, hundred percent. If you bring it with you. If he signs. you sign, you got to be prepared. Yeah, and then Most if definitely. he doesn't sign, you can throw it in the river. Do they have a river there? Yeah, um, it's actually the Mississippi. You may have heard of it. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't been there in years. It's, I don't, I don't like big, I don't, big I don't river. Like going to America, it's a, it's a long one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I, I think he's, I think he signs still. Uh, I don't really have a reason to give you. Like, uh, it's just more of a feeling. Like it 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 seems like. Oh, nice classic. All the indications are are suggesting that the Leafs want him. It looks like he wants to be a Leaf. If it's just a matter of a number, like, I, I, I really, I can honestly, I can just see, like, the 11th hour, like, them still being so far apart that they just say, Fuck it, like we'll do a one-year deal and just get you on the fucking ice because you want to be here, we want you here. Like, let's skip the schematics and we'll figure it out in the summer. Yeah, and that's the wrong answer, but it's uh, no, not the worst uh, answer. No, it's going to be one of two things, I think. It's going to be a six-year deal at a six-point-eight cap hit, or you're right. I think it, it, at this point, I, I find it hard to believe. At this point, it ends up being a two or three-year deal. Yeah, I just don't see how. Uh, maximum if it's a short term, like two years. It's it. I don't see anywhere from three to five. It's a one, two, or six. I think, or seven or eight, but probably not. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I, I could honestly see a one-year deal at this point. Yeah, I really could. And it's because hard, it's, hard it, to it's s- not helping him. It, this is not giving him any more bargaining chips next summer. This doesn't help him at all long term to set up the season. Yeah, he is leaving me. He will leave money on the table forever, if he doesn't play this season. And he knows that. you know, Even though he's got most of the leverage in this situation, eh, you still, to try and get more money now, you may be giving up the money you could have had just by playing hockey. So it's it's a pretty big gamble. The cap hit this year, if, if he signs a one-year deal, it could be pretty high. Like, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't put it past Cal Dubas and you Nylander, know, the camp, to sit down and say, hey, we'll give you like $9 million this year. And then next summer we'll resign you at a lower cap hit, but we'll give you your big payday can't, now. Can't wait to see the the hell that that raises if that happens. Like, I don't know. Like the D- NHL's not dumb. The, the Leafs would get in, yeah. in trouble for no, that, I and I don't think Kyle Dubas would do something like that. But I get I get your point in principle. It does, yeah. it, Like, why Which not? Makes sense because right. um, like, because you can you can go to the stats. You can say, you know what? Yeah, yeah. You only played uh, fifty games this year. We can't give you the big deal. So, what's your prediction? What's it going to be? I, I At this point, I'm, I'm saying a one-year deal, somewhere between 7, seven and nine. Eight. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm going to go 6 at uh, six, at 6.8. That's fair. So we'll see. Covering her in, uh, both of our bases. You know? Yep. One of us will be right. The Laced Up Podcast, will get this out before anyone else. You heard it here first. Um, we want to acknowledge, too, for those... I don't think we're actually going to talk about this in, at length, but... Uh, Laced up podcast would be remiss in our duties if we didn't mention a uh, friend of the show. Well not really, but uh, Matt Murray is out long term. So the Penguins are in some hot water now. They're gonna have to figure something out without uh without Matt Murray, their number one netminder. Um Yeah, the goaltending depth in that team just went for a shit the last couple of years. So, so he's out longer term. Okay, yeah. that's the that's what they've that's used. A new one. So, well, exactly. And we, don't, we still don't know what the injury is. I think they said it's lower body, but I don't think we actually know for sure yet. So, if he is not back by February 15th, do the Pittsburgh Penguins make the playoffs? Uh, no. Not without making They're going to the be straight. too far out? Yeah. Not without bringing some help in. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, like we talked last week, too, they don't have the cap room to make a, of, a deal yeah. unless it's someone on the end of their... Contract, Yeah, like, unless you're sticking Murray on LTIR, you don't, you don't have... Unless it's had. Curtis McElhinney yeah. is pretty much their option, or one of the five Flyers goalies. Um, if he's back by January 1st, do you think that they'll be close enough to kind of fix everything by then still? If if Matt Murray can play, like, 2016 Matt Murray, then, then yeah. Let's say they're 500 by that point. Do you think that's, that'll be good enough? It depends which goal you're getting back. It, like, it depends if if if, if, if Matt is like, all there. Yeah. Uh, it's it's mentally, too. It's mentally straining to go through, like, repeated injuries like that. Well, like, he, he's... It's he, the thing. He's had a tough year and a half now yeah. at this point. I mean, he was hurt last year. His dad passes away. He's never completely healthy, I don't think, last year. Um, this year, he apparently was playing with whatever it is right now. He's been playing with it for a while. Uh, so they've decided to shut him down for the short term, or for the longer term, I guess. Um I don't know. I don't, I don't see but it the, translating into anything. Things are are getting really sketchy real quick in Pittsburgh, I think. And I trade Crosby. Okay, where where is he going? Oh, he's you know he's got to play out his career. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna want to be a performer in the playoffs. You know, he's he's got that thirst, that drive. he gonna get gotta get that cup. I don't know, James. I I like the fourth line center that the Leafs have right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's good, I guess. Yeah. You're not- oh God, yeah, it's not even who I thought it was. I kept thinking it was Freddie Goj. Crosby has <laughs> uh, like five years left on that deal. Never mind. I thought, I thought it was. I thought there was way. That was a twelve-year deal he signed. I guess so. that's crazy. You've got the numbers. I don't. Wow. Back when you could do such a thing. That's nuts. There you go. June twenty-eighth, twenty twelve. 8.7. He's a free agent in 2025. Nice. Coming home. That's a real year. Coming home. <laughs> the, the Cole Harbor Aristocats. Yeah. Aristocats. It'll be like a big cat. Halifax will get an NHL team. They'll just copy their CFL mantra, just name it after the entire region of Canada, the Atlantic. We are the Atlantic Buccaneers. You hear about that? I have no idea what you're oh. talking about, you crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> quick tangent, then. Okay. <laughs> <God>. um, <laughs> trying to wrap this up quick here. CFL, I guess, has kind of approached Halifax about getting a team. And uh, they've, they're have they floating two names, uh, which have gone to the the fan vote. Um, one is the Schooners. And one is Down. the Spirit, something along the line, like another S name but nautical as well. Um, No, that's good. Here's the catch. Uh, You might be thinking, oh, the Halifax Schooners. That sounds like a nice, tidy, catchy title. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Uh, It's the Atlantic Schooners. Uh, They they would be the Atlantic whatever's, uh, regardless of the logo name. They are not named after Halifax. They are named after the entire region of... Atlantic so what's Canada. wrong with being the Atlantic Schooners? Nothing. It's just, it's just very broad. It's like New Eng- New England Patriots. It's not Boston. It's New England. Well, New, New England's, England's not really a place. It's it's an idea. I beg to differ. Okay. New England, James. I love that. You're you're right. It's not it's a it's not a place on the map, but it's a place in your heart. New England is a state of mind, James. It's not a state I've ever had. Proud sponsor of the podcast, the New England Patriots Cult <sighs> Club. Wow. Interesting. For the next four hours, I will begin to convert you to a New England Patriots fan. <clears throat> I'm going to Minneapolis. Chapter one Thomas Brady. No. Um Okay, I think we're done on Murray. Yeah. That, we it's didn't, not good. It's Penguins not good. Are not making the Bad news, sure. not good. Shit news. Yeah. Uh you, you wanted to talk about Daniel Carcillo and his bullying tweets yeah. of, uh, that he, uh, it was bullying awareness week last week. Yeah. Uh, now I was out of town. I didn't know about this till you told me yesterday, um, that he actually had a series of tweets about some of his experiences in junior. Uh, so I went back and I read them and, uh, yeah, just a nice some stuff. Not not nice. I shouldn't, shouldn't nope. say that. Uh, just a not nice, a story that I think everyone should know about. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Carcillo brought it, brought it to light experience when he was, uh, first-year player playing in the OHL. Pop um, it up to, hey, don't worry, kid. This will be you next year. You know, you get to pick on the rookies. and, and just Let alone 17-year-old kids that are scared out of their minds for the first time in their lives, leaving home, living they don't know. Um, and uh, I think it wrapped up. Uh, they were by no means a powerhouse, but the rookies quit on the veterans, and the veterans were, you know, pleading with them, uh, trying desperately to, to get these guys to play and put some effort in because it's the end of the road, end of the road for the veterans. And, uh, meanwhile, Carcillo, you know, he goes on, he gets drafted. He's got a, he's got his whole career ahead of him and, uh, just a little bit of poetic justice, I think there. And, uh, yeah, it was one of those things where you, you you, think about hazing and you see it like the classic trope in the college movie or something like that. And, and, uh, it's one of those things that you don't really want to think about as being something that happened. No, it's, it's, not as, it's not as bad as it's made out to be in, in social media and in these movies and stuff, but um, I pray to God it's it's not to that extent nowadays. Um, yeah. But, well, it's the thing is like my understanding, because I, I, I never played junior hockey, but my understanding about, you know, my friends who have and have traveled around and played in different cities and things like that, um, you know, I, I've never heard them echo anything, you know, like this, being a part of it, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like they've done some interesting things, um, you know, as a part of the off-season life of of a junior hockey player. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't think that there was any serious hazing or anything like that going on. And certainly, I hope uh, not involving any of my friends or people that I know. But um, I, I don't think it happens quite as frequently today but I could be wrong, you know, uh, I mean my friends played junior, it was a while ago things may have changed and gone back the other way, there may be more bullying than there was, you know 8 years ago or so, and I mean that's the thing with Carcillo, was this was all 16 years ago, like it wasn't that long ago but it's not, you know, it's not like it was yesterday or anything like that you hope that this kind of stuff isn't happening, but I mean, you know, we've seen some some things go on in the in the CHL over, there, over the years about uh, you know, players with some off-ice issues and things like that, and um, you just hope there's nothing like this going on anymore. But um, it's definitely good that Daniel Carcillo said something. Yeah. Because I, I don't think I'm in the my minority here to say that I was not a fan of Daniel Carcillo uh, when he played. But the main thing is that you have to be able, whether you're a player or a coach or a fan or, or whatever of the game, you have to be able to separate on the ice from off the ice. And, uh, you know, Carcillo's now in the point of his life where hockey is an off-ice thing. And uh, he's uh, he's he's finding a way to give back and, and contribute to the community in different ways, and I hope he continues to do things like this because uh, uh, it definitely raised some awareness and, and it's kind of got a little bit of a, of a conversation going again about what goes on in these rooms and what goes on in these franchises that... Uh, for the most part, these junior teams kind of police themselves, right? So that's where the danger lies, and uh, yeah, yeah, eye opener for sure. Yeah, so uh, good on Daniel Carcelo for for opening up about that. Um, okay, really one more thing, and then uh, and then we'll do the top ten. Nice. Uh, we wanted to have a quick little conversation about the Minnesota Wild. Paul Fenton, their general manager, uh, mentioned something last week or earlier this week, rather, about uh, them not having a superstar. No superstar, no problem, was kind of how he how he phrased it. And so I wanted to get your thoughts, uh, because the Wild, you know, for sure, I, I don't know if you want to debate that, but the Wild don't have a superstar, right? I'll let you know in a few days. <sighs> Jesus. Dumba's pretty good. Dubnik's pretty good. But aside from that, I wouldn't say that they have anything um, super crazy to write home about. Yeah. Is this a team that you think could win the Stanley Cup with the makeup of their roster? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, Show your work, Seth. It's it's, it's not going to be easy. It mostly relies on Devin Dubnik having an amazing 16-game stretch. And to that point, I think, 16 games, eh, they're going to win every game? Oh, Why not? Sweeping. Buffalo Sabres just won 10 in a row. Who's to say? You know? Um, Well, it's over. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, it's... It's it's gonna depend on how, how well the hips and the knees and the joints can hold up for the vets because boy is there a lot of vets on that team uh, the old boys club as uh, you know one might refer to them the old folks home the fifty five no I won't go that far but um, no they're they're old but I think they're they're very consistent through their lineup they've got four deep lines um. Ryan Suter may not be what he was a couple seasons ago, but he's still a very useful tool back there. You've surrounded him with enough good young pieces. Oh, he's a tool, all right. No, I'm just kidding. You've surrounded him with enough young pieces there where his workload has definitely been being cut in half. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's just a very good. If if you're to give the Minnesota Wild a, a a grade in terms of their of their roster, I think everything is just like a like a B minus. It's just B-minus the whole way through. There's no A's, but there's not a lot of C's. It's just B-minus hockey. And sometimes B-minus is enough. Shouldn't be what you go for, but sometimes it's enough. You weren't a very good student, eh, James? I was an awful student. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm not going to get into grading there, players. I, I disagree with... I think Matt Dumba's an A-minus, sir. No, but, um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them. I still stand by what I said last week. I, I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I do think that this is still going to fall apart in a way, but, I mean, Boudreaux's got a way of getting these teams to the playoffs. The one thing I think that might be their issue once they get there is, you know, their coach has find a, found a way to lose with better teams than this. So, you know, I, I do wonder if they can get it done. But just as a basic principle, you know, the no-superstar thing that does remind me of the uh, the Oilers from the early to the mid-2000s, but they didn't really have anything. They had Pronger for a year. They went to the Stanley Cup Final that year. But aside from, you know, that year, like, the closest thing they had to a superstar was Hemsky, for maybe a year or two, you could put him at superstar status, but he's a winger too. Like, you know, the wingers wingers don't have a huge impact on the game. So, yeah, I how, I, how dare you sign with the good name of Tommy Sallow? How dare you, sir? Did I sign with the name of? Him? Oh, He was the goal. Is he a superstar? I, at one point, I think maybe you maybe call him that. <sighs> Tommy Sallow was a superstar at the time, where every goaltender was a superstar. Sometimes okay. It's not Sau's fault. Roman Chechmanic <laughs> was a superstar at one point. Hold your tongue. <laughs> yeah. Flyers haven't had a superstar goalie since the late 80s. Roman Cechmanic was a Vesna nominated goaltender, sir. How dare you? He wasn't. How dare you? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Minnesota. But I, I think at a certain point, it does help to have that next level talent. And not having it for them uh, might be a hindrance long term. Yeah, like, like I, I think I had them finishing 8th or whatever you want, the second wild card spot in the West, like just sneaking in. Them missing the playoffs wouldn't surprise me. Them winning the Cup wouldn't surprise me. Them, you know, finishing mid-pack and going out in the third round or the first round or the second round or any round. Or doing, like the Minnesota Wild, they're not going to surprise me, is what I'm saying. Be hockey <laughs> Anything could happen wouldn't surprise me. Eric Stahl could blow out his back tomorrow and his career. Okay, oh my God, makes, makes sense. Matt Dumba could win the Norris. That's going to be sure. quite. That's going to be quite sense. the interview on Saturday <laughs> with Eric Stahl in the hospital. Hey, man, who are you? Um, I'm with Laced Up. <laughs> What's Laced Up? Is that some sort of uh, pharmaceutical company? You're, you're no. You're, you're wearing a leather jacket that says Laced Up. <laughs> It's like, ah, yeah, I'm a host of a podcast in Thunder Bay. Well, I'm from there and I've never heard of it. Yeah, well, you haven't been back since we started up, you know? Yeah. Is that a William Nealander shirts? Who's to say? Yeah, they won't surprise you. You know, we just traded for him, eh? Yeah, well. Thanks for Dumba. Uh, Okay, so top 10. Top 10. Top 10. Top 10. So you, the people. This is for the people. I was born with queen music. Uh, We're doing top ten queen songs. You wanted it, you're getting it. So if you don't agree (laughs) with this top ten list, you can fuck yourself. Here's what's awesome about this. So we vote, we give you four options. This vote tied with another option, but Twitter rounded up a percentage on one of the answers. So Twitter sort of broke the tie for us. So we're doing top ten Queen songs this week, and because technically one of the other options got the same amount of votes, we will be doing the top ten draft busts since two thousand next week. Nice. So you're going to have some work to do on your drive to Minneapolis. I guess so. Yeah. I guess, uh, someone else got to take the wheel. Yeah. Study up. Yeah. Jesus, take the wheel, right? Yeah. This uh, was a tough list. Let's yeah. yeah let's start with that. Yeah. This, I mean, there's there are no right answers. There, there are, are no wrong answers. answers. Yeah. It's true. Um, regardless of what we settled on, you guys were going to be upset. We're going to leave some songs off the list. Uh, spoiler alert, you know, we will rock you to not make the list. Let's just get that over with it's here. It's a bad song. It's not a good song. No. But it's an anthem. Classic. It's like, um, you know what it is? It's, it's like a, it's like a jock jams. Okay. We will rock you is jock jams. It's, uh, get ready for this. <singing> it's not a good song, but it's iconic. Yeah, gets it going. Nice, That's right? saying. Yeah, so it didn't make the list. Uh, there were some cuts, but uh, you know, let's just get into it. Number ten, Jimmy. Number ten, hey, uh, long time listeners of the podcast, you may recognize this one. It uh, uh, takes us home every week, for the most part. Uh, Stone Cold Crazy. Stone Cold Crazy. Uh, sheer Heart Attack album, I believe, nineteen seventy four. Uh, huh. still in the early days of the band, when they were still kind of trying to find themselves. Wasn't this, um, I might be really wrong on this, okay. isn't this their first single? I don't think so. Okay. I, I think they had an album before it, and the yeah, album probably before right. it had something on it that was a single, but it was one of the first. It was definitely one of the early the days. The breakthrough hit, maybe. Maybe. maybe yeah, that's maybe that's what I'm talking about. I still haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, so... Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I can I can confirm that all of these songs do make uh, at least a brief appearance in the movie, so... I would hope so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just don't go crazy. Yeah. Cool. It's, it's a great way to start us off, because it ends us off uh, most times, so... Yeah. yeah. We should have done the list backwards. Ah, fuck. And then we should have just been, like, number 10, and then, and then the song... No, big gulps instead. Yeah. Number 9 is The Show Must Go On. The Show Must Go On. Now... A little bit of backstory for those of you... Who, I mean, I mean, it's on the nose, right? Like, you, you get what the show must go on means. It's their last album as a band. They're, they're aware that, you know, Freddie and is... They didn't even think he could sing the song. No. Long. So, the story when they recorded it was that, uh, you know, they wrote it. They knew the certain notes that Freddie was going to need to sing and uh, basically said, you know, we don't think you can do it or something like that. And Freddie... Uh, chugs a bottle of, of vodka, and then he says, watch me, or something like that. And they do the song in what I believe was one take. <laughs> and, then it's, and then it makes the album. That alone is pure legend, but uh, also the meaning behind the song, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, I guess, his final actual gift for us, which was kind of nice. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, Incredibly sentimental song, and it and it kicks ass too. It's not even just like it's a, a nice song; like it, it kicks some ass, man. It does, yeah. yeah. Uh, number, eight. number eight, Fat Bottom Girls. It's not a great song. Uh, I mean, uh, like I said, folks, we didn't <laughs> necessarily time. agree with the lists uh, that we each had, but it's one, one of my favorites to listen to. I just don't think it's like a a great musical song. But it's uh, it's one of the most well known. I, I think, and you, probably you like, could make an argument there. It's okay. musically, it's it's just okay. I think uh, it's good a good harmony. In it. Um, that's where it kind of separates itself. Um, musically, you know, it's okay. No, it's not Brian May at his best. No, it's not John Deacon or Roger Taylor at their best. Freddie Mercury makes this. Song. Yeah, he he's got some notes in this one that really start to separate him from the rest of the pack. And it's early enough in their career where they weren't, they, like, they were household names, don't get me wrong, but they weren't what they would become as a band. They weren't quite at that echelon of, of greatness. And I think this one kind of opened some eyes around the world and got people talking about this British guy that could really, really sing. Yeah. Bottom Girls. Yeah. Yeah. Good for Freddie. Yeah. Um, Number seven. Number seven. You're my best friend. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, No, that's a song. That's the name of the song. Um, Yeah. Good song. Yeah. (laughs) It's fine. Really iconic intro. I think it's in 150 different insurance commercials and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, you know what? It doesn't ruin the song's luster, I don't think. It's, uh, It's a good song. I've just recently started to appreciate it. I like it. I, mean, I, I, I only see the scene in the uh, 70s show when Eric Foreman and uh, Jordan Go- Joseph Gordon-Levitt are just not nice. five hanging out. When you think of Joseph Gordon-Levitt, what is the role that you associate him with? Wow. Like, you know how actors have, like, a you, you picture them and then you see a movie. You know what I mean? It's a great question. Like, for me, honestly, it's come to this point when I... Think a Leo, I think a Wolf of Wall Street. For some reason, I'm not saying that's the movie that everyone should associate him with. That's just like what I see him immediately as. What do you associate just, Joseph Joseph levitt Wow. Um, because I think it's fifty-fifty for me. It's 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 or show. Like it, you could say Third Rock from the Sun. You're not wrong. Yeah. You could say yeah. that seventy show. Like it's no it's, wrong. answer. It's either 50 or or Dark Knight Rises. To be honest, I don't know why. He's in that. Yeah. I forgot he was in that. I always, I don't know. Yeah. I always go to that. Okay. Definitely not that one where he's a bicycle messenger. And, I, want and, want bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle. I want to ride my. You ever see the show for that I want movie? To ride. They, yeah, they I try to make what it, what it out called. like as if it's like some sort of high octane chase. Yeah, so it's, it's like, the, like just the speed of sound or something. And he's, yeah, just, he's a just a cyclist. Fucking, but it's, it's just like, like, a fucking. Mystery. He's being chased. Mailman. He's being chased by like these mafia guys. It's just like, just getting a car. Oh, it's bad. Just just in a car. It's it's bad. I've never seen it, but it's bad. Number six. We should have made this number. We should have made it number seven. Seven Seas of Rye. Uh, yeah. But what we, number what were we number six is Seven Seas of Rye. Uh, seven Seas of Rye. Yeah, uh, this was one of the. Uh, this was actually the third, 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 third single. It was a, originally an instrumental piece that concluded their second album, Queen 2. And they loved the instrumental work so much that they brought it back to the next album. They reworked it. They added uh, some, some lyrics, uh, a vocal component. Um, and you could you can really tell when you listen to this song that this is... It's not so much about Freddie. It's not so much about the words or the vocals or the singing or the harmonies. That was three guys got in a room. Four, I should say four, because the piano work in this song is phenomenal. Four guys got in a room together. They wrote something musically that was just on another level something that really started to signify that they were gonna be going they weren't just another you know British band in a pub playing Led Zeppelin knockoffs these guys were going somewhere and the music on this song kicks ass it ticks ass kicks and it, ass. it's it's not one of their better known songs if you don't know it I I, I would highly recommend, recommend yeah. going out and listening to yeah. it just for the music alone how often like I mean, just while we're in the middle of this list, too. How often, I mean, we're biased because we like Queen, but how often has anyone ever told you, you got to listen to this Queen song? And you listen to it, and you're yeah. like, I wasn't crazy about it. It's <laughs> <Yeah. That's laughs> like, true. Even the ones I didn't like at one point, I learned to like as time goes on. You know what I mean? Like, for example, like, These Are the Days of Our Lives or whatever. Yeah. So that's what it's called. It's, it's late here, folks. It's <laughs> that's also a Queen song. It is. But These Are the Days of Our Lives, like, I didn't. I wasn't crazy about that. That's grown on me too. You, go. you know what I mean? Yeah. That's not on the list. But yeah. uh, number five. Now James had some hard opinions about this one. Buckle up. I had this higher, quite a bit higher. James did not have it on his list, so we settled that middle of the pack here. Uh, number five is under pressure, Queen featuring David Bowie. Well, I shouldn't say featuring. It's Queen and David Bowie. There you go. Featuring's different. I'm a, I, uh, it's one of the best rock songs of all time. It is. Um, I, I don't want to make your point for you because I know what you're going to say, but you explain why. I, I just figure if you're going to take, uh, you know, uh, a band like Queen and, and add Paul McCartney or David Bowie or whoever it might be and write a song together, of course it's going to be the best fucking song in your catalog. Because you've just taken one of the greatest songwriters in the world and added it to an already great list of songwriters. So, to me, it's not a Queen song. It's a song that Queen plays that was co-written by another artist. So, that's that's just where I'm at. I don't see it as being worthy of inclusion on this list. If we make a top ten duet list down the road. Ooh, there's a good on one. It'd probably be number Ebony one. Ebony and Ivory. Yeah. You think that'd be number one? A a collaboration of all time? Probably. You are forgetting the 2003 hit song Broken by Amy Lee and Seether. What about (laughs) uh, Pitcher with Kid Rock? Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. What about Over, Tim McGraw and Nelly? Uh Uh-huh. Over and Over again. Yeah. Well, we'll refine the list there. Uh, number four, Don't Stop Me Now. That's my favorite Queen song. Yeah? Yeah. It's not It's not the wrong answer. That's for <laughs> yeah, sure. That's... Actually, my favorite Queen song's not even on the list, interestingly enough. Really? I, I didn't What's even put, put it on Queen my top ten. Yeah. I Want to Break Free. Huh. Huh. Which <laughs> is fine. It's a good song. <laughs> it's, it's bad to say about it. It's Late would also be up there, I guess. I didn't put that on my list either, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Don't Stop Me Now. I yeah. Know. There's nothing, it's a very, it's another one of their just tune changes. Yeah, very speed experimental, yeah, and they nailed it. Good stuff. It's yeah. like a, it's a rock opera. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, that, that song is the credit scene for the end of the film. The Lamy Rhapsody. That's what they play the the video. Nice. In the background. So. Nice. Yeah. It's, nice. uh, without Don't Stop Me Now and without Queen, Jason Siegel's character in Forgetting Sarah Marshall wouldn't have a Dracula rock opera. Okay, there you go. That's true. Number three. I I guess We're getting you know, into the nitty gritty now. I guess, in a way, to follow up that that point, we wouldn't have an the Snow without Don't somebody Stop now. On. Oh, <laughs> true. That's true. The greatest, the second greatest <laughs> uh, fake rock star of all time. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Three. Uh, Nigel uh, Tufnell being number one. Of course. Uh, number three is Somebody to Love. Somebody to Love. Can anybody find me? Somebody to. That is. I never get tired of that song. I get tired of some classic rock songs, I'm not going to lie. Like, I overdid classic rock as a teenager. And a lot of it I can't, like, I can't listen to a lot of ACDC anymore. I've just done too much of it. Sure, sure. Um, But granted, they're not as good of a band as ACDC, or as uh, Queen is. This, uh, this, I just, I could listen to this song. I've probably heard this song 3,000 times in my life. never gets old. This might be the greatest uh, harmony work Pretty good. The way that they trade off, it's not even it's it's not a matter of like these guys are just repeating what he's saying. Like they're actually like no working it's, in. It's it's really good. And I like the kind of like the little hidden innuendo there, like uh, just alluding a little bit to the to the fact that you know maybe he's he can't find someone to love because yeah. he's kind of leading this this hidden life. And I like that. He's kind of he's out there, but he's also not in, in, in directly uh, coming out and saying anything you know concrete. So I agree. Yeah. Like it. Uh, number two was number one on your list. So I feel like you need to introduce. All right. Now I think, uh, by process of elimination, a lot of people might already have a feeling as to what might be left at number one. Um, and that song, if if you've guessed correctly, uh, did a, a great job of, of kind of taking a, a long-forgotten genre and uh, bringing it back into focus with a with a rock edge. Impressive. What I found to be a little bit more impressive, though, was how you know Queen was able to look at another one bites the dust, which is very disco heavy. If you really strip it down, it's got a lot of disco roots to it, and I love the fact that Queen at a time when rock and roll was you don't use synthesizers you don't use drum machines it's guitar it's you know bass it's dirty it's in your face queen came along and said fuck that there's an entire you know genre of fans that love disco and disco's dying right now we're going to harness the best parts of that genre we're going to keep it alive we're going to work it into our rock song and I think they, I think uh, I, I could be in the minority here, but I think this song by Queen at this time, nineteen eighty, changed how rock was was written and performed in Britain at least throughout the nineteen eighties. I think wrong. I think this set the entire time no, over the nineteen eighties. It, it changed a lot of things. So did number one. We it's should granted. preface that. Granted. But but you're you're right. For me, I, I do I agree with you and I've always felt that way and this is one of the reasons why I do like Queen is Queen was one of the first artists I think to combine rock with other things yeah. um, I, I, I would say the first honestly I really can't think like blues and rock but that was that had been done for decades before right. that. Um, so yeah I, I agree with you I love when artists combine two genres and specifically rock with something else. It's kind of a reason why I I have such a, a hard time getting into a lot of modern modern rock is because a lot of it has been done for years and years and years. You know what I mean? There are certain bands that don't sound any different 10 years later than they did 10 years before and I can't I can't, I can't really get with that. There's got to be some sort of a progression without going too far. And Queen never went too far. And this is like you said, it's another example of it. Number one on the list is a prime example of this thing we were just talking about, combining two genres, sub out disco and sub in an opera here, which I mean they did with most of their songs. The 1974 classic, I'm in love with my car. No. No. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is number one on our list. Uh, It was number two on yours, it was number one on mine. The reason it was number one on mine, you gave your defense of why you put a number one, Uh, I would argue that this is the greatest rock song of all time. For a long time, I thought it was Stairway to Heaven. Um, But this song does many, many things that Stairway to Heaven does not do. Not to insult the probably number two greatest rock song of all time. Without getting too far, Stairway to Heaven is not even Led Zeppelin's greatest rock song of all time. So I'll just put that to bed before you say anything else. What would you say it is? Cashmere. Right, well, we'll have to do... We'll save that for another episode. I guess we've begun our next We'll save that for another episode. Yeah. But nothing... Like, Bohemian Rhapsody is just beyond iconic. There's not really much to be said. Like, it, it's... It's... It, it is the most memorable movement Or, the mo- uh, Moment... Of one of the... Greatest comedy movies of the 1990s in Wayne's World. It is... The name of the Queen movie it is the name of a blink 182 song of a different tune like it is just everyone knows this song everybody knows this song i don't know anyone that doesn't like it some people think it's been overdone well, thank well, God it, i don't think I the flatline when it was released i don't want to hear it every minute of every day but yeah. i love it i can't believe i can't believe the, the song did, was not a hit when it was released like people didn't like it they released it as the second single off the album and it did not perform well at all. It was another three years before that song actually, we did that live aid performance. They came back with that. All of a sudden, Bohemian Rhapsody was the number one single in, in the UK for the first time. But years after it was released. Wild. Wow. Wild. Wow. It's wild. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed the top ten. Top yeah. ten? Yeah. Top ten? Queen. Uh, we want Everyone loves Queen. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um thanks for voting by the way that was that was that yeah was key. if you don't have twitter and you want to vote if you're listening to this and thinking hey i want to i want to vote i want to be a part of the laced up process yeah just if, if send <sighs> us an email or something send, send us an email laced up podcast at yahoo.com yeah. uh you Are can email us Yahoo. we have fast uh, fastbook. <laughs> we have fastbook. <laughs> michael fastbook. we have the book face uh no we have facebook we have twitter uh, let us know if you have any questions you want mentioned on Laced Up. Uh, you know, we'll we'll get to those questions. I'm sure we're not that busy. Um, you know, if you have suggestions for top tens, let us know. We're going to have another vote, I'm sure, moving forward. Uh, next week will be the top ten free agent busts. Or, sorry, no, uh, yeah. draft busts yeah. since 2000 yeah. is what the the, peop- the people voted on that. Yeah. it was born with a top ten. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, we will have a guest next week as well. We have a guest lined up. Uh, to end the episode, one thing I do want to mention, uh, just on kind of a, a somber note to go out with, uh, is the passing of uh, legendary uh, NHL referee Mick Magoo. Passed away over the weekend. Um, he he was sick and, and there was uh, a campaign to, to help donate uh, for the family. There's a GoFundMe page for that. Uh, so, if you do want to contribute to that, obviously, that's something that uh, we would recommend. One of those guys, just a, a well-beloved character of the game. Um, you mentioned he was in Thunder Bay for that alumni game. Yeah, I, I saw guess him. Uh, yeah, I was well, maybe young. Maybe 10 years ago yeah, or no, 12, 15 years ago, I guess. I was, right I was 10. So Wouldn't he still been reffing in the league yeah. at that point, too? Or just freshly he out, probably. He's been eh? pretty fresh. Yeah. Yeah. But regardless, all I, I mean, he actually was all mic'd up. He was oh, talking. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. He, um, one of the last referees to go without a helmet too, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Just a well-loved character of the game. Um, you know, so our, our thoughts, uh, go out to, uh, the Magoo family and, uh, all of his, all of his friends and, and former colleagues around what was a wonderful career. Um, so yeah, that's laced up for the week. We'll be back next week. Uh, make sure you get around to the miracle bonus commentary as well. And, uh, yeah, anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, just stay tuned for the exclusive Eric Stahl uh, interview. Uh, <sighs> and uh, other than that, uh, that's, that's all I got. Okay, yeah. From the entire Channel 4 news team, I'm Veronica Corningstone. And I'm Ron Burgundy. Go fuck yourself, San Diego.